1: Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Liv Perez. Today's guest is someone whose style I absolutely melt for, and she has truly the closet of my dreams. She is constantly surrounded by the best of the best in fashion, and that's honestly because she's one of the best buyers in the business. Her name is Lori Hirschleifer, and she is the co-owner and head buyer at Hirschleifers at the Americana Manhasset. Frizz was actually started almost 100 years ago by her grandparents. And since then, her and her sisters have taken the helm and are running the business today. And it has truly become one of the most popular department stores in the country. They are known for having the best designers with a ton of specialty items from Chanel, St. Laurent, Bottega, Montclair, and so many more. In today's episode, I got to sit down with Lori and talk about what it takes to be an amazing buyer in the fashion industry today. She told me what goes on behind the scenes and some of the best skills to have if you want to go to the buying industry. We also talked about what it's like running a family business, some things she's loving in fashion today, and some of the must-have items that every person should have in their closet. I hope you guys love today's episode. If you haven't followed the show yet, find us wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave us a five-star review. And on Spotify, you can leave us five stars. So without further ado, here's my friend, Lori Hirschleifer. We have to just start this pod by saying... I need a full breakdown of this incredible closet that's behind you right now. I see like, I swear, I feel like I see like 10 Chanel's back there. There are a whole wall of shoes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Years and years of collecting.
1: I mean, years and years of also having the coolest job ever. I have been such a fan and admirer of you and your families for so long. I'm not originally from New York, so there's a learning curve for me. I'm from LA. I remember coming across you and your sisters and... Was just immediately infatuated by your style, the closets, the wardrobes. So I am so beyond excited to have finally connected with you,
0: somewhat oh, IRL. Thank you so much. It's been a labor of love for us for so long, and so much history. And we've been in business for over a hundred years, and it, it's taken a really long time because we're a long, always a Long Island store. And people say Hirschlifers. I've never heard of Hirschlifers. But it's actually becoming things, something that people are finally hearing about, you know, a hundred years later. That's awesome. I
1: think that's also the beauty of social media. I feel like there are so many brands that I've found and creative directors and designers that I've connected with from the smallest, most random places around the world. Not to say that Long Island's small in any way, but I just think it's such a great way to connect with people that are so different from your immediate audience. Yeah. Yeah. So I have learned so much about you and your family. Obviously, this business has been around for close to 100 years. So my dad was in fashion when I was growing up and my sister went to design school and I never really thought I was going to be in fashion. I loved it, but it wasn't what I thought I was going to do. Right. I would love to hear a little bit about your upbringing being in such a, a really innovative fashion family and what that was like.
0: Yeah. Well, from as early as I can remember, I wanted to join the family business. But my dad my my great-grandfather started the business it's over 100 years old and we were furriers and then my grandfather joined and he wasn't that hard a worker so his wife rose my grandma said I'm going to join the business too because we got to keep it going and keep it in the family and they really you know made it grow and grow and then they moved to Forest Hills Queens Boulevard and they needed additional help. My dad was working at Bloomingdale's at the time in the training program. And they said, you have to quit the training program and come work with us. So my dad joined the family business. So yeah, there was a lot of history. And and growing up, really, other than wanting to be a vet at one point, because I'm in love with animals, but I said, you know what? I couldn't live with them being sick. So I don't think I could do that. That's all I ever wanted to do was the family business. And I, I was passionate about it. From the beginning, every night sitting around the kitchen table, it was all my parents talked about and what they're going to do next and how they're going to grow the business and how it should change. And it became, you know, just a love thing for, I guess, for all of us, the three of us. I was the first to join the business. I'm the youngest of the three, but I was the first to join the business. My oldest sister lived in Boston at the time, Shelly, and she was married and having her kids. The middle sister, Karen, is an attorney. So she was working for Corporation Council and she worked for the fire department and a lot of other things. So I was really, was myself and my parents and my grandma. It just kind of grew from there. It just, I never wanted to do anything else.
1: I love what you just said about how everybody kind of slowly joined the business after having done other things. Not to say that you don't need an expertise in fashion, but a part of me really loves fashion for that reason. It's a universal language. Everyone has to get up every day and get dressed. Mm -hmm. And I think no matter what you do, if you want to be in fashion, I think you can be at any point in your life, whether you're good at it, bad at it, whatever it is. I just think that everybody has some understanding of what it means to feel good and how to get dressed every day. Everyone has that universal language. So I love to hear that.
0: You bad at it.
1: I don't think so either because everyone has their unique taste. Yeah. Everyone can relate to someone else. Yeah. And I often get so many questions from people asking, I'm in my 40s. Can I get into fashion? Or even I'm 18. How do I get into fashion? And I always like to say that I think it's an industry for every age. Yes. There's something for everyone. And you are going to be getting dressed and putting on clothes forever.
0: And it's fun. I mean, it's hard work. Fun, so fun. It's, fun. it's yeah. truly passion. Once you're driven, it's there's nothing better.
1: I mean, I'm mesmerized by the fact that your family dinners were about growing this like incredible fashion
0: empire. I am so jealous. My mom, when she joined the business as well, after we moved to Long Island and she joined the business with my dad, they used to talk every night was about another client and what she did. And then, you know, she shortened her dress too short or this, that, and the other thing. And it was all, it was, it was so much fun to listen to. They were all, all great stories. This
1: is my dream. <laughs> this is my dream. This is my dream. It's amazing back with fashion being such a personal thing, I feel like we all have those memories of first falling in love with it or first feeling empowered by it. Obviously, being in such a fashionable family, I'm sure you had many moments, but was there one that really kind of lit that spark for you?
0: It was just, that's all I wanted. I wanted to be at the store as much as I could be. I loved when I was a kid to spend time in my mom's store, which was in Manhasset. And my dad's store at Forest Hills. And I used to, my grandmother, this is a funny story because when someone asked all three of us separately about a memory of the store, we all told the same story. And my grandmother used to, it was a very different world, obviously, back then. And we used to pin the garments when the alteration ladies were pinning the garments, they would use the pins, obviously, some would fall on the ground. And my grandmother had us walk around with a giant magnet, like a giant magnet, to pick up all the loose pins on the ground. And then she would clean them, And reuse them. So that was like every Saturday. I couldn't wait to go to the Forest Hills store to do that.
1: Sounds like my dream first job. (laughs) I just think it's really important to like you hear people say about things that like jobs that they dive into that they're passionate about, and you know, diving in like head on and kind of immersing yourself in it full force. And you had the perfect, perfect opportunity of that since you were young. It's amazing.
0: Yeah, it was. I loved it. I loved it from back then. I loved every bit of it, and. In fact, I, I didn't want to go to college as I got older and I wanted to go right to work. And my father said, you know what? You're going to go right to work as soon as you graduate college. Go have There fun. you go. Uh-huh. You're going to work for the rest of your life. So go have fun for four years and then you'll be back. So that's what I did.
1: I love that because I feel like in my day and age, because of social media and like the connectivity and how many entrepreneurial people we have out there today, Going to college, like having your first job, feels really underrated to me. I feel like I get so many people, or I hear so many stories of like people leaving college to start businesses at nineteen and all these things. And look, all the power to that collective of people, but I wouldn't trade my college years, my first jobs, and their value towards what I'm doing today for anything. I wouldn't trade it for anything.
0: Same. So I, I worked for a buying office. This it was my family, the Hirschleifer's buying office. This woman. And my parents said, you can't come right into the business. You have to work for her first. So I started to work for her. And my first lesson was I was staying in the apartment while she was out in the market. My first lesson was to, you know, she she the paper who to contact. So, of course, I reached out. I contacted these people or I attempted to and I, you know, would write no answer, whatever. And she came back and she said, well, you didn't make the call. I said, what do you mean? Of course, I made the call. If I didn't an answer. She said that you didn't make the call. Because if you don't have an answer for me, you didn't get it done. So it was like, you need to learn.
1: We'll be right back after a quick break. It's that time of the season again, where I am already switching over some of my clothes to get ready for fall. I love fall shoes. I feel like they completely change my outfits. Usually I'm in a knee-high boot or a loafer. There are just so many new options and so many new things to try. So I'm super excited to be switching over my closet. With that, I'm looking at some new fall shoes, and you guys know how much I love Vionic. They are designed for dynamic movement, so you feel energized and confident all day long. What I love most about them is that they're science to make shoes that really balance me from my feet all the way up. So I know that I'm always being protected anytime I'm walking, whether I need a sneaker for a long walk, smart casuals for an office meeting, shockingly comfortable heels for a night out, or slippers to recover. Bionic offers shoes for every day, all day, and every occasion. They have such cute loafers right now that I love. The LED loafer has a really beautiful gold chain on the front and their lug sole loafer, which I love. They are so much more supportive when I walk. And I love that they have them in so many different colors. You can get them in a red, beige, white, black. There are so many options. And I'm also loving an all-white sneaker that they have. Perfect for the fall, perfect for a good closet refresh. The Carmel sneaker comes in white and nude, and they're both so chic and perfect for a new season. What I love most is that you can try them in their 30-day risk-free trial. There is no reason to not buy them and try because you can return them for a full refund within 30 days. I know you guys are going to love them. Use my code FRIEND at checkout for free shipping at www.vionicshoes.com. That's V-I-O-N-I-C-S-H-O-E-S.com. You probably know that the human body is mostly made of water, What you probably don't know is that everything else in your body is 50% amino acids. These building blocks of life are essential for health and for fitness. And no matter how you like to move, whatever you do to stay fit, amino acids are essential. This is why Kion Aminos is my fundamental supplement for fitness. I drink them every day for energy, muscle, and recovery. Kion Aminos is backed by over 20 years of clinical research. It has the highest quality ingredients, no fillers or junk, undergoes rigorous quality testing, and tastes amazing with all natural flavors. So if you really want to naturally boost your energy, build lean muscle, and enhance athletic recovery, you need to get Kian Aminos. Over the past year, I've been on such a health kick. I've been in the gym three times a week. I've been eating clean. I've been trying to stay on a really good routine. And when I really started to notice a difference was when I was taking my Kion Aminos every morning. I like to take them right before I work out. If you're like me, you wake up first thing in the morning and don't really have a ton of time to get something in before you work out. And having those Kion Aminos makes the world of a difference for my energy. And I can really feel the strength and recovery within my muscles after a workout. So if you want to feel as good as me, you guys can now save 20% off on monthly deliveries and 10% off on one-time purchases. Just go to getkion.com backslash friend. That's G-E-T-K-I-O-N dot com slash friend to get my fundamental supplement for fitness, Kion Aminos. Now let's get back to the show. Fast forward to today, you and your sisters have blown this business up to insane degrees. You guys are doing close to $100 million in sales. I just would love to see what your- grandparents would think today. Like that to me is something that is probably so special. So I'd say like once a month I put up on my Instagram, especially this being such a fashion focused podcast. So many people who listen here are people who want to get into the industry and also want to discover all the different jobs within this industry. And one thing that I often get asked is please have more buyers and merchandisers on. And I think it's a crucial job to the industry, but I don't think it gets as much PR, let's say quote unquote PR, as so, maybe stylists do or, or oh anything like that. So I'm excited to have you on today to just hear more about what it's like to be a buyer for one of the most successful fashion businesses in the country, especially in New York. So beloved, so historic. You guys have really paved the way for so many other department stores. So I want to hear a little bit from you in today's day and age, what you think the real success of Hirschlifers has been from a buying perspective and what has made you guys so different.
0: I think number one is our ability to change on a dime. I mean, we are, being that we're the buyers, the owners, the operations, we do it all, and it's our money. So we can say tomorrow, you know, we're going to increase a buy by this if we believe in a collection, or even if a collection doesn't sell, for example, and you believe in the brand, and how many seasons it takes. For example, many, many years ago with John Galliano, I remember my mom loved his first collection and my father was saying forever we can't keep buying it we're not selling it at all and she said no we're going to continue to buy it because you have to believe you have to be who you are and let people know who you are in the industry and we stick to our designers we care for them we nurture them and grow with them and they grow with us you know so it's a, it's a support system i guess
1: i love that answer because i do think that while just the commerce business in general can be so money centric. I love this idea that at the end of the day, we are an artist industry and it's about supporting each other and uplifting each other and creating platforms for each other. But I think what is a big misconception about buying is that it really is a numbers game. So how do you strike that balance between something you love, but also knowing that I feel like buying is just math. Like it's something
0: I could never do. Well, you know, it's funny you said that because it never used to be just math. It used to be more emotional. Now, when you go to the bigger collections and they tell you designer collections and they tell you, you know, this is the percentages and they tell you a certain percent of handbags, a certain percent of ready to wear and a certain percent of shoes and which percentage is for the first delivery, second delivery and third delivery. And you have to stick to those numbers. It definitely takes some of the creativity out of it. But there's still the emotion and there's still the things you believe in. And you just go with your gut, I guess. You know, we've all had so, many, so much experience between as the length of time we've been doing this. But I, again, on the other side, the customer is always changing. So it's kind of like, you know, driving a stick shift kind of thing. Your foot's on the, on the gas and it's on the brake. And it's just trial and error in some cases.
1: I would have such a hard time with that because it feels like At least when you fall in love with a brand or a designer or a new collection, you can fall so hard for something and absolutely love it. But then you also have to be amenable to your customer. What is your best tip for wading these waters for people listening who might want to
0: be a buyer? Go slow. As much as you might believe in it and love it and you buy the first season is whatever and you want to increase it by 25% because you're so passionate, definitely slow it down. Because if it's something that's going to be fulfilling, it's going to last and takes time to build, like anything else.
1: In an industry that's all about being fast, I love that you just said that.
0: Because <laughs> it, it is fast now; it's actually too fast. As soon as something is one is fantastic, it's gone in most cases. Yeah, but you're still better off slowly nurturing a brand. You know, especially the smaller ones.
1: Completely agree. Yeah, I feel like it's like falling in love too fast.
0: Yeah, right. You got to make sure who you're falling for.
1: Totally. You got to wine and dine them. You got to have them on a few dates. Yeah. You you know, meet the parents. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I would love to know, especially having been there for so long and I could imagine having been young and walking through the store and seeing a different customer that's probably there today. And I remember this is like years and years and years ago, but I feel like I really started following you because I loved your high low mix. I loved the fact that I could see you in the coolest sneakers ever, but then have like the craziest Chanel bag collection I've ever seen. And I remember, you know, now that's not a novel idea, but when I was in college, you know, six, eight years ago, it was the time where that was a really different way of dressing. And I've always seen you really pioneer that high low. So how have you kind of year over year, whatever your cadence is, really understood what your con- customer wants when it really does change so fast
0: well it's a group effort it's not just me it's my husband and my son and my niece it, it, it's really you
1: guys want to adopt me just let me know
0: please come please come you'd have to move to new york
1: i'll move back i've been back and forth so it's okay <laughs>
0: i think it's really just paying attention to what the customer wants and listening a lot of listening i spend a lot of time on the floor i hate being in the office i'm there a lot but I spend a lot of time on the floor. We all do. And I love to hear what a client wants, and what they're asking for and what we don't have. And, you know, even when it comes to a certain size, you're buying it too small, you're buying it too big. Why don't you have this? You know, so it's always learning. It's really important. And that's what I think keeps us in the game is that we're listening and changing and willing and all of the above.
1: I love to hear that because I feel like the usual answer is, oh, we built out, you know, a program on Instagram where people can like lead their reviews and things like that. And things have gotten so digital. I think that a lot of the times with fashion now, we've lost that analog touch. I feel like in the past few months, I've done a lot of in-person shopping and it's just irreplaceable. The buzz that you get from just being on the floor, connecting with people, trying things on. And I've kind of gone back to that a lot in the past few months. Like I'll buy, you know, a little thing here and there, especially if it's like an international designer. But a lot of the times now I'm trying to go straight to the store and have that experience and talk with the person who's curating the store.
0: Yeah, I love that. I still love that. I love that that in any store you go to, whether it's a home store, why did you buy it or what does it mean to you or any of that, you know, it gives you so much feeling about the store itself and that and what its meaning is.
1: We'll be right back after a quick break. I've been collecting fashion for almost a decade now and I feel like my most prized pieces are vintage pieces. Maybe they're pieces that I found out on the internet or they're pieces that I've gotten from my mom, but they're all so special, have a story, and are archival fashion pieces that I die to have in my closet. Most of the time I'm getting these pieces from eBay because they have an authenticity guarantee that protects buyers from fakes and gives me the assurance that we're getting the real deal. Items with the authenticity guarantee checkmark automatically go through their authentication process, so buyers know they're getting exactly what's described in the listing. With eBay's authenticity guarantee, you'll never get faked over again, and their service currently covers all of our favorite items like sneakers, watches, handbags, jewelries, and streetwear. So whether you're searching for the latest sneaker drop, that iconic handbag, a timeless watch or your next piece of classic jewelry, eBay authenticators are there verifying every detail of your purchase. We're talking each inch, stitch, tick, facet, and clasp that make a piece you're searching for worthy of your collection. eBay's authenticators are experts in their craft and true connoisseurs. They're leaders in their field and they're making sure that your items always arrive as authentic as your style. So go ahead, get that piece you've always wanted and leave it up to the meticulous eyes of the eBay authenticators to make sure that watch movement is original, that glimmer is gold, that rare sneaker is legit, or that handbag is really made of genuine leather and you'll never get faked over again. In a world full of fakes, it is time to get real with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal with eBay Authenticity Guarantee because everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. Believe it or not, fall is actually right around the corner. And HelloFresh is here to help you guys plan for the busy season ahead with tasty dishes delivered right to your door. All you have to do is simply choose your recipes and pick your delivery date, then lay back and enjoy the last few days of summer knowing dinner is covered stress-free. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Friend and use code 50Friend for 50% off your order plus free shipping. That's 50Friend for 50% off plus free shipping. With HelloFresh, you get farm-fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You'll skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. What I love about it most is that I always love a good, wholesome, homemade meal, but sometimes I just don't have enough time. I end up on my laptop all day or I'm in back-to-back meetings, and before I know it, it's dinner time. With HelloFresh, all you need is 15 minutes, and you'll be enjoying a tasty, satisfying meal made in your own kitchen. Just look for their quick and easy dinner options, plus quick breakfasts and lunches too. It's a game changer. Also, if you have kids in the house, you can add snacks, sides, and more to your weekly HelloFresh order. Just simply shop HelloFresh Market and take your pick from a curated selection of over 100 add-on items. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Friend and use code 50Friend for 50% off your order plus free shipping. That's 50Friend for 50% off plus free shipping. Now let's get back to the show. I'm curious because you also have an amazing following on your Instagram. I wonder... How much your own personal style also influences what you have in the store, and if you know you're ever getting comments on your Instagram that impacts what you guys end up using. I just think that that customer feedback and like that customer loop is super fascinating.
0: Yeah, it's funny because sometimes I'll post things that I really wouldn't wear. I mean, I'm happy to have them in the store because I like the presentation, I like the design, or whatever it is. But I wouldn't necessarily be wearing it. In fact, the past few days is that happened. And i have gotten the most likes that I had gotten on a look in quite some time. So it's like, you're really learning about what people want. And so the thought of how you merchandise, how you put things together, gives you different, different thoughts. Yeah.
1: I've been talking to a lot of creators lately about, I feel like when I was first starting out, this idea was like shoved down our throats of like, have a niche. Are you a cooking influencer? Are you a fashion influencer? And It's interesting there's been like this one theme I feel like in a lot of my recent episodes of people saying like having a niche is dead, trying something new that's like kind of out of your orbit, listening to your audience, posting something random that might not be usual, but suddenly does really well because you're bringing your community along for something different ends up, I think, being more impactful and rewarding than just sticking to this same old thing.
0: Right. I mean, it definitely surprises me almost every day when you see something. Yeah. It really does.
1: Wait, so now I have to know what were the things that you posted that were getting
0: the most <laughs> likes? What was it? Let us know. Well, it was the Kate dress, which I love, but oh. and Kate shoes, which re- did really well. And it, I mean, it was—it's adorable. I just didn't—I don't see myself in it necessarily, but there it was, and it was got all these likes. and it was like, wow.
1: I feel like Kate has been that brand that just—if you post it, everyone wants to know where it's from. It has like. The viral hack to
0: it. go skate.
1: it will go viral.
0: So good. So So talented.
1: Yeah, so talented. I love seeing her really evolve too. I feel like the first couple of seasons, now it really has this like amazing identity. It feels like for women, it feels like a modern edgy Ralph Lauren almost to me. Like it feels Americana, but grown up.
0: She gets it. She gets women, I think. Very much so. Strong women.
1: What other brands do you love right now? What's on your radar? I feel like you probably know everything and everyone. So if we're going to hear anything new, it's from you.
0: Well, I don't know if that's so new, but we just started. That's fine. John Rogers, which I love, love.
1: He's a dear friend of mine. So I love that. You couldn't have given me a better answer. (laughs) Uh,
0: Love. Came in, it looks beautiful. It fits beautifully. People are responding. I couldn't be happier with it.
1: Let's use Christopher as a good example, because I love Christopher and my audience loves Christopher too. Mm -hmm. When you're sitting down looking at Christopher's most recent collection, what are some pieces that you, like what's really the thought process behind sitting there and saying, I know my customer is going to buy that. I know my customer is going to buy that. What are your tips and tricks for really being able to identify the key things that you know your audience loves?
0: The knit dresses, they're like a no brainer with the cutouts on the side, sexy, but beautiful. The prices are amazing. Even the knit dresses without the cutouts, the sleeveless with the stripes. Oh, I
1: just tried that on the other day. That dress is with the open back. Huh? And like you can see a little bit of your butt. Yeah.
0: Fabulous. Fabulous dress. Fabulous. And pajama looks, I love. Love. I mean, that's how I like them. Comfortable. Oh, we did just get a Nina Ricci, which we haven't had in many years. And it looks fantastic.
1: Is this Harris Reed's collection? Huh? Ooh. Really good. What are you loving from it? I'm curious.
0: That's half of the taffeta pieces. There's a taffeted little dress, V neck little poofy dress, and then there's two pieces and the colors, there's like fuchsia and emerald black, obviously, but they're just bright and cheery and beautiful.
1: Ooh, I love that. Okay, I have to take a look. <laughs> I would love to hear in your experience, especially now so many things have changed in the way that we buy fashion, the way I think the industry has totally changed since social media. Is there something today that you think every aspiring buyer should know how to do? Maybe it's how to use a certain platform, maybe it's a communication skill. Like what is that one thing that you think everyone who wants to be a buyer should just like dive into right now?
0: Hmm. Do some research and and just to learn as much as you can about every collection out there and who's doing what. I mean that's what I'm, I'm still doing that. I'd like to see everything. I like to know as much as I can about what every vendor is doing and who's replacing who and that kind of thing. I think it's just being up on social, obviously social media and a little research and reading. I mean, you need to know what's going on, period.
1: What are you reading on the daily? Do you read like WWD, business of fashion? What do you download every day?
0: The cut sometimes.
1: I love the cut. I feel like they always have really good kind of larger think pieces. Yeah. I always walk away having a different, Mm -hmm. maybe concept or different idea of something within fashion. I'm a big business of fashion girl. Yeah. Everything is really user-friendly. It's easy to find pieces. I feel like they're always on it with news.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: You have the most incredible, coolest closet ever. What's one piece that you think everyone should have in their closet?
0: Well, you need a perfect blazer or jacket and shoe.
1: Is there a perfect blazer that you have that you recommend or just one that you love?
0: I have one, a very old Chanel one that I love and wear to death. It's kind of going to start to fall apart. But it's just a black jacket with a silver chain. It's kind of a little rock and rolly, but it it's cool. At the same time. I love that. And I have a real old pair of Prada shoes that are green and brown, an old loafer that I love. So nice. Oh, patent leather. Perfect. Those are my two favorites.
1: The Chanel jacket, obviously they're so expensive. But if I sit here and I do the math of how many times i'm going I'm going to wear it in my life, it's cost effective, <laughs> absolutely.
0: And the one thing with Chanel is it's always good. it's it's always it's forever.
1: What is your most beloved piece in your closet?
0: Maybe my Chanel I have that China doll handbag?
1: Oh, wow.
0: She's up there somewhere. So I can't reach.
1: I feel like that's probably what I would go crazy for in your closet. It's like all the archival, yeah. From different eras, different shows, different collections. And they've got it all.
0: Memories, such fond memories.
1: I'm a big believer in memory buys. Yeah. Like anytime someone's like, I have a wedding or I have a graduation or something, should I buy this really expensive dress? I'm like, yes, because part of a memory, you remember that time, you remember that era.
0: Nothing better than an emotional buy.
1: You're right. I don't. Just not having the buyer's remorse. No. But the emotional buy is crucial.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I was in Milan last season and I was having a really bad day. Like it was my first time there. I like really just wasn't figuring it out. It was really hectic time. I had been gone from home already for three weeks. So I was like done.
0: Yeah.
1: Walked into the Prada store, saw a bag on the wall. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to buy that and feel better and have a better day. Did you? And I did.
0: Good for you. (laughs) And
1: And now I actually, every time I see the bag in my closet, I'm like, you know, a good outfit can change your day. That's
0: absolutely true.
1: To close out our episode, I've loved having you on. What is your best piece of advice for any aspiring buyer or anyone who wants to do something similar to you in the fashion industry?
0: Take time, learn, go slowly, but it's so rewarding. It's rewarding. The work is rewarding. It's it's nothing like it, really. It's a pleasure to do every day. I wake up every day excited to go to work.
1: And I, I also think it's so true what you're saying about you're a true testament to the fact that, sure, you can have this family business. But for you, it didn't happen all at once. You went to school. You got your education. You learned as much as you possibly could so that you could be ready for the job. And I think that that's a really important lesson.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Lori, this is so fun. Thanks for coming on and sharing your knowledge. Next time I'm in the city, I'll come out to see you guys because i'm I'm very
0: happy. Thank you.